0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more.
1: 1 million tons, with soy meal just short of two hundred and thirty-two thousand tons, and soy oil is at thirty-five thousand five hundred tons. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are plummeting on Friday morning. The May contract tumbles forty nine and a half cents at sixteen oh four per bushel. May soy oil drops two cents at sixty-nine point nine seven U.S. cents per pound. May soy meal foregoes nine dollar sixty cents at four hundred and forty-six dollars per short ton corn futures are weaker this morning the may contract loses 29 and a half cents at 661 per bushel chicago oats are weaker as well with the may contract down 19 cents at 634 and a half the u.s wheat complex is in retreat with chicago may crashing 59 cents at 875 and a half Kansas City may plummet 61 cents at 9.05, and Minneapolis may falls 45 cents at 9.75. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, February 25th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. Here comes the snow. Hmm,
2: Do you remember in the summer when I asked you to pick up an air conditioner and you said it's only hot for three days and then we had to sleep in the basement all summer? So do you think it'll only snow for three days this winter?
3: What are you saying?
2: We need a snow blower. I suggest you buy it now before Butler Farm Equipment is sold out.
3: Butler Farm Equipment has blowers,
2: blades, plows, and more. Everything to keep you out of the doghouse. Or in this case, an igloo. On 107th Street behind
0: the Wholesale Club. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca now an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community this is moose talks with your host Doug craig on moose fm Welcome to the show. A little
4: later on, we're going to be chatting with Ben Hab, the president of Eagle Vision Video Production. He and a crew joined the convoy heading to Ottawa and filmed a lot of it, both on the way there and while they were there for a few weeks. So we'll talk about his experiences and the documentary he's hoping to make with the footage. But first, the B.C. throne speech and budget from the NDP government dropped in the last two weeks. So for his reaction, we're joined now by local MLA... Dan Davies. Dan, welcome back to Moose
5: Talks. Hey, good morning, Doug. Thanks for
4: having me. You're very welcome. Well, let's dive right in. Um, I think in your most recent op-ed or a, a Facebook video or something, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't remember which it was, but you called this budget <laughs> and throne speech more of a look back rather than going forward, which I believe you said about the previous budget and throne speech uh, from last year. Can you tell us a bit in, in brief what you mean by that and, 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 and what that means for us
5: well really the throne speech uh was a bunch of recycled promises that were made back in in 2017 that they're still talking about as promises mm-hmm. uh things that they want to complete so that that was kind of the you know the throwback uh, whether we're talking the uh, you know working on renters rebate or solving the housing crisis or the affordability crisis i mean how was that going uh you know let, let's be honest things have not got better uh under under this uh under this government and you, you know dub when, when we look at a, th- a throne speech is really your map forward for that year. It's for that legislative session. It lays out uh, goals. It's to provide hope for British Columbians. It, it's to really chart out your path, your map forward. And none of that was in this. I, I, I might as well have flipped on my Google Maps. I might have actually found a location to get to because there was nothing in this throne speech. And then two weeks later, we just had the provincial budget. And it, it, it was pretty reflective of the throne speech. Uh, there wasn't a lot in there other than a lot of new taxes, uh, you know, uh, a lot of new debt. We're, you know, British Columbia is going to be going north of $100 billion in debt. They're predicting a $5 billion deficit this year. It's just, it, it is unbelievable When uh, at a time when people are looking for hope, at a time when people need hope.
4: All right. Well, I want to talk about the north part, which affects us directly. I think, uh, again, in the same op-ed, you said the, you think the uh, speech itself mentioned the word north twice, and not even really in the context of northern or northeastern BC. I have yeah. to ask again, I, you know, given that the NDP has a majority, um, I think a lot of people worry that there's not much you can do kind of in opposition. But I wonder kind of what your plan is, given that... The government seems to... We don't seem to be flying in their radar at all. What do you and the Liberal Party have plans to do to make sure that they recognize people in North and rural residents and make sure that they're seen to our needs, too?
5: Well, you know, we, of course, now we do have a new leader. Um, you know, he, he is not elected yet. Uh, we, we do expect that uh, by the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Kevin, you know, Kevin Falcon is... Uh, you know, comes with lots of experience, uh, former cabinet minister with us uh, uh, back in the day, a lot of experience, a lot of understanding in the north. I mean, you know, we got a, a four-lane highway that, uh, you know, that a lot of people really appreciate that runs through Fort St. John in the area. That was Kevin Falcon that did that. Uh, so we do have a leader that understands a lot of these northern issues um, as well as these southern issues. And we, we need to start tying things together. This isn't, you know, we, we talk about this rural-urban divide, we, we need to stop doing that. We need urban BC. Urban BC needs rural BC. We need to start working together. Uh, we need to be recognizing that oil and gas is an important part of our economy, as is agriculture, mining, and forestry. And these are the things that are going to be paying the bills. And, and we're not very far off, I think, from British Columbians recognizing, um, A, the inputs that we in northern British Columbia and the interior of BC give to the province, because the pot's going to be drying up pretty soon, Doug. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get a hold of our economy, uh, there's going to be no money for improving our health care. We need to improve our health care. We need to be doing it different. It needs, it needs a lot of help. We need to be, uh, you know, looking at our education, post-secondary institutions. We need to be helping people, um, you know, that, that, are, that are stuck in, in this uh, a drug overdose epidemic. But we're not going to have the money if we don't also be supporting the economy. So we need to be driving that picture home. That's the picture that we're driving home as opposition in all of our bill debates to make sure that the government recognizes we can't be doing anything. Uh, we cannot tax ourselves out of uh, out of what we're in and, and right now and, and you know, dub this budget is certainly trying to tax us into affordability and it doesn't work.
4: Uh, one of the positives or at least it seemed like a positive was this heat pump grant um of course the problem with it <laughs> is that it doesn't really work for the winter and we'd still need natural gas up here and of course they're raising taxes on that uh I mean again what, <laughs> what do you think the government's thinking here
5: you know this again this is a government that's out of touch um we we don't argue that heat pumps uh, that heat pumps are a good thing they are but they're really good in the in the lower mainland and and the Vancouver Island. They don't work up here. Um, they you, now coming out with a new tax on you know if you need to buy a furnace or you need to you need to look at uh, you know a new hot water tank. You know these options that we use up here to to heat our homes that we have as a necessity we, we need to heat our homes those are now going to have a new tax on on those up up to up to 12 percent more uh we were just talking to the uh, uh to a group of farmers yesterday they're worried that uh this new tax is going to be put on the uh, uh, their their grain dryers which they use uh you know natural gas uh to, to dry their grain it, again this is a an out-of-touch policy that does nothing for affordability in fact it does quite the opposite uh for the average british Columbian that lives certainly that lives outside uh, of british columbia and you know i just want to go down this this path as well on affordability dub um you know we we've been hearing for years that you know that this government is about affordability yet we're up to 26 new taxes and fees since they've taken over uh and and ones that hit the average or or low income to medium income people who buys rent, or who buys uh, used cars? You know that low income, medium income family buys used cars, and you know what? They are now going to be having a new or not a new tax. Uh, the government is going to tell you how much your car is worth and how much they're going to tax you on it. So if you get if you find a car that's a thousand bucks, you got a really good deal on it. You normally would pay the, the PST on that thousand dollars, no more. The government is now going to say, well, you know what? That car is actually book value at. Forty-five hundred dollars. So that's what you're going to be paying the taxes on. You know that that could be upwards of another three or four hundred dollars on 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 the price of a car mm-hmm. that you didn't have to pay before. And, and it, it's just one thing after another that uh, you know they're saying they're closing loopholes. Well, no, they're just taxing people.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of one thing after the other, uh, again, I mean, as far as I can tell, no money for the Taylor Bridge in this. Uh, We had Mayor Rob Fraser of Taylor on recently, and he said something interesting um, because, of course, there are some things on the way for the Taylor Bridge. Things seem to be kind of moving along, maybe glacially. But they are moving along. Um, he was concerned that there would be no more money for this project if they were even planning to do it, uh, in part because of the flooding in the south, which maybe is you know something the government wasn't planning for, of course, right? What do you think of that assessment, or do you think this is just something that the government's just going to put off forever anyway?
5: Well, let let's look at the George Massey Tunnel and the replacement of that. Um, you know that there you're you're moving millions and millions of people um you know regularly Mm -hmm. uh they haven't even got that project this government cannot do big projects we've seen that we've seen that so i share uh mayor fraser's concerns that you know it it, well let's first of all it it will need to be replaced uh it is at end of life the engineers have said that so it it is going to need to be replaced sooner or later um, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. There was no, no mention of anything in the budget on the Taylor Bridge. Uh, they're saying they're doing consultation. We don't need consultation. We already know what we need.
3: Uh-huh.
5: We've known what we've needed for years. Uh, all the local governments up here are the same. Everybody's on the same page. We don't need consultation. So I think this consultation talk is is just that. It, 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 it's talk. And, you know, as they're starting to do some of these, you know, larger projects down south and the minister of transportation said the you know this isn't going to impact uh, infrastructure spending the you know the kokahala fixing number one and all that uh, i i honestly i can't see that being being the fact
4: mm-hmm. All right, uh, this one certainly got my ire up. Anytime we see stuff like this, of course, this story that came out uh, that the government was uh, kind of buried in some things, perhaps amending an act so that cabinet ministers can get a pay raise in spite of the huh. government running a deficit. Um, uh, I think I know what you think of this, but why don't you tell me anyway?
5: Well, hey, we're doing so good. Let's give everybody twenty thousand dollar bonuses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's absolutely. R- ridiculous, um, you know. There, there was ministers were accountable to a budget, and and each minister was accountable to a performance, um, and so there was twenty thousand dollars there before. And if you if you performed well and and you did well on your budgeting and and all that, there was there was up to a twenty thousand dollar bonus that you could be awarded uh as holding your ministry accountable well now it's just a bonus you just get it it it, it is basically a pay raise they've removed the accountability and uh, you know are, are are just giving it to them now and I, again this does speak volumes to a government that has just announced a five billion dollar deficit uh you know 120 billion dollar debt that we're now creeping into uh, affordability to the average british Columbian. You know, as as we see s- fuel prices skyrocket, and by the way, there's a new fuel tax coming on. Uh, fuel fuel prices skyrocketing. Our grocery bills are up. You know, taxing. You know, taxing used cars. Taxing our 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 furnaces that we gotta buy. Oh, I didn't mention this one. You know, uh, uh, you know, we now buy a lot of stuff through these different marketplaces online. Well, they're gonna tax that now too uh, because they need to get their PSD on that. So, it it, it is it, it is. Everything but affordability to the average British Columbian. And and for them to throw a $20,000 raise on cabinet ministers is, quite frankly, despicable.
4: All right, we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to make sure I ask you a bit about this. Uh, Yourself, uh, the MP, Bob Zimmer, uh, local politicians, the mayor, for example, uh, facing a lot of comments and uh, concerns from citizens in regards to uh, both sides of sort of what was happening in Ottawa over the past uh, month with the protests and the convoy and whatnot. I wanted to give you a moment to kind of, you know, kind of... Give your thoughts on the situation and sort of what your role, if any, there really is to play in in what happened, given that you're a provincial MLA and it was happening in Ottawa, the seat of the federal government.
5: <clears throat> yeah, and, and you know, thanks for that. And, of, of course, now we can look back. The Emergencies Act, uh, you yeah. know, I think it was all of, I don't know, I think it was about a week or so. Uh, and it has been repealed. And it, and it was repealed because it quite frankly, I don't think it was going to pass through the Senate anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the Prime Minister was just trying to save some face before before that fell flat. Um, you know, there, there's little doubt that this was a movement um, and, and it was impactful and I think uh, it opened up the eyes of a lot of people. Uh, now, moving forward, um, you know, we, we have an unbelievable atrocity right now happening in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there's ever a time, I think, that we as Canadians, need to be focusing on what unites us. It it is right now. Uh, You know, I've been around for a few years now. Uh, I've I've been an elected official, you know, going on 20 years now. I've never seen society so divided and so angry. And it it, it saddens me. Uh, We need to start looking at ways that we can heal. Uh, We need to be starting again to focus on things that unite us, not divide us, and, and to move forward. Um, you know, we we are starting to see the world open up. Um, we are pushing as an opposition uh, for uh, uh, Dr. Henry and Minister Dix to show us the evidence um, that keeps us where we're at. Uh, and, and I think every British Columbian expects to be treated the same. Like, where is the evidence that we need to continue uh, with vaccine passports? Where is the evidence that we need to continue to be masked? We're starting to see other provinces. I think we're up to eight provinces now that have announced a solid timeline. mm mm-hmm. To remove these, and I think when you combine these mandates that are happening right now um, with what's happening federally, um you know, there's a. I, I just present. I'm sitting in the parking lot here of the high school. I just presented to the poli sci class here, and you know, th- we had this big discussion. I think our our political system is being stretched to its brink right now, and it, it, it can only be repaired. I think by us all coming together now and 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 and, and looking at what does unite us and and i think that is you know caring for one another um making sure that you know people that need the supports get the supports that they need get people working get our economy back on 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 uh, on track and you know i i, I think we do have sunnier days ahead to be honest
4: all right well we'll have to leave it there for today dan but i appreciate you making some time for us to talk about these things thank you sir <laughs>
5: Yeah, and, you know, Doug, just before I say goodbye as well, sure. I, I do want to quickly address, uh, you know, the uh, mayor and council. They wrote a letter um, recently around, you know, being targeted and stuff. You know, we, we have our lanes that we stick into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the mayor and council is right. They they are just following provincial guidelines. I, I do encourage you to write, you know, email Bonnie Henry, uh, uh, Henry at gov.bc.ca uh, or the health minister. Those that is where your anger and stuff needs to be directed. Uh, Please keep me in the loop on those emails as well. Uh, The city is only doing, you know, what they are uh, supposed to be doing in regards to following public health orders, which again, we hope are going to be lifted here very soon. Mm -hmm.
4: All right. Well, thanks again, Dan.
5: Thanks, Doug. for having me.
4: That's Dan Davies, the MLA for Peace River North. We'll be right back to talk to Ben Hab of Eagle Vision Video Productions right after this on Moose Talks.
0: Hoop tracks in the mud or snow could only mean one thing. Somewhere in the city, a moose is
2: running loose. Moose FM is live on location. How are you doing? It's Bernard from the Afternoon Show. Happy Friday, and it's a great day to celebrate. It's not because the weekend is coming, but it's co-op's first year or one year anniversary at the 100th location. Many great deals today for their anniversary, including hot chocolate, 99 cents, tornadoes, two for 350; hot dogs and farmer sausages, two for $5. And also you're going to use this a lot because uh, the weather is going to be warm this weekend. Uh, minus 40 uh, window washer fluids, 199 limit of four. And also, uh, it's free coffee Friday, so enjoy a coffee for free when you come down here today. Today there are draws for two $500 gift cards, especially when gas is so expensive these days. They will come in pretty handy. It's the first anniversary, it's the first anniversary of the Fort St. John Co-op on 100th. Come celebrate.
0: Right now at Wendy's, you can get three classic chicken strips for just $4. Made with 100% all-white seasoned chicken. Try them today with our new ghost pepper ranch sauce. Only until March 20th at participating Wendy's. Taxes extra. Hi, I'm Lindsay, and I'm here to help you understand what the heck goes where when it comes to sorting your garbage and recycling at home. Soft plastics, such as shopping bags, can get wrapped up with other materials or processing equipment, making it difficult and dangerous to sort. Bring glass, styrofoam, soft plastics, beverage containers, and electronics to Recycle It Resource Recovery. We all have a role to play in reducing the amount of waste produced in our region. Help us protect the places and the people we all love. Download the WasteWise app to find out what goes where, available for free on the app Apple App Store or Google Play, or visit fortst.john.ca for more information.
2: Since 2009, Daniel Gord has been taking care of all your custom jewelry needs in Fort St. John. You know Daniel from DNG Jewelry and Carter's Jewelers, and now he's excited to introduce Daniel Gord Goldsmith. Available by appointment only, Daniel is looking forward to continuing to serve this community by redesigning your jewelry using old material and gems to make it into one-of-a-kind, more modern piece of jewelry. To learn more or to book an appointment, visit danielgordgoldsmith.ca.
0: Are you looking for the right individual to fill your job opening? Become an exhibitor at the Fort St. John Job Fair, April 27th at the Palm Ray Hotel and Conference Centre. This is an opportunity for you to meet talented local people for your company. To become an exhibitor, visit fsjjobfair.ca or call 250-787-7100. The Fort St. John Job Fair, April 27th at the Pomeroy Hotel and Conference Center. Presented by WorkBC and Moose FM. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the
4: program. I am Dub Craig. Now, we're going to talk a bit about uh, Eagle Vision Video Productions. They went and joined the convoy to Ottawa. They hung around and filmed, uh, well, the convoy itself going there and while they were there protesting in Ottawa over the past month or so and got a lot of film, and as such, they want to put together a documentary about it. And so to talk a bit about that experience and what the documentary is going to happen, or how it's going to happen and all that, we're joined now by Ben Hobb of Eagle Vision. Eagle Vision Video Productions. Ben, welcome to Moose Talks.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate being on here.
4: Thank you, and I I apologize again for mispronouncing your name before uh, just now. That's all good. All right, well, why don't we start with uh, kind of the, the Freedom Convoy itself. It seemed... To happen very quickly the decision to kind of when people are saying we're going to go we're going to make this happen we're going to go protest in ottawa how quickly did you have to kind of make the decision that okay i want to film this and we're going to go and we're we're not sure how long we're going to be there that must have been um a bit chaotic i suppose to sort of make that decision eh?
3: extremely uh, to say the least uh we literally waited until the last minute to go um we have a a fair amount of commitments to our community here and a lot of projects that we were working on and in order to catch up with the convoy we had to drive um 43 hours straight um swapping out drivers through the night Uh, we would drive You know, five, six hours, swap out to another driver, five, six hours and and just rinse and repeat uh, 24 hours a day. And we caught up with them in Sault Ste. Marie Mm -hmm. um, and managed to catch the the convoy for the last uh, day and a half or so. Um, But as as far as how quickly we had to make make the decision everything was snowballing with the convoy and the information coming out was snowballing. Mm-hmm. Um, more trucks were being added. The, the footage that we were seeing coming from some of the drivers we knew from Fort St. John was hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the the people on the roadsides um, outside of Calgary and, and going into Winnipeg and um, <clears throat> some of us from Eagle Vision were like, this is a part of history we can't miss. Um, this is a movement that's nationwide, regardless of its uh, uh, of its division between our citizens. It has to be covered. It ha- we have to experience it firsthand, um, and that's when we decided to go.
4: Okay. Did you have in mind then, you're like, this will be a documentary, this will be, I don't know, you sell the film to news organizations. Did you kind of have that planned out or was it, we're going to get it on film and that that, the rest will come later, what we do with it kind of after?
3: I mean, it it was a few things for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Documentary, no. We didn't anticipate doing that right from the get-go. That was... As it was happening, and as we were capturing footage, we realized we were capturing some things that were quite special. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally, we were thinking of a f- five-minute little expose on what our experience was in Ottawa, what the uh, what the experience was traveling uh, for the last couple of days with the convoy itself. Um, uh, some of it was trying to give as as much of a truthful. Experience what we were what we were seeing um, versus what uh, what maybe some of the left or some of the right were portraying. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was extremes kind of on both sides. Um, We were seeing reports of like you know fifty thousand trucks. That was a gross overreach, and and we knew we just had to uh, display what we were showing or what we were seeing ourselves in the in the in the best way possible uh, in the most, uh, unbiased way possible. And yeah, so that as we were filming those things, uh, we gained access to, we were, we were in the, the war room, um, where, where a lot of the main players were planning things. We were, we somehow got ourselves connected into, um, some of the main drivers, some of the main organizers, uh, we were able to interview, you know, Tamara, BJ Dichter, uh, a lot of the other organizers um, and we realized that we were having a lot of access to um, uh, like centralized figures that would would, uh, would allow us to create a, a documentary. So we, we then shifted from oh, a five-minute expose into uh, a 15 minute documentary, and uh, it has been snowballing from there. We had amazing support back from uh, back from our community here in Fort Saint John, wanting to see uh, more uh, material from uh, not from the extreme right, where they uh, they basically do exactly what the left side media is doing on the right side. They wanted something a little a little more balanced in the view. And mm-hmm. so this was a great opportunity for us to turn it into a full feature film. We have tremendous access to to a lot of the main people that were involved with the convoy, some which are, are, are still jailed to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we managed to, you know, have open conversations with them about uh, the things that the convoy was uh looking for 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 change in, in our in our federal government and on a provincial level and we started to see that trickle down effect all, all throughout our provincial governments so we were not not to want to say that our hand was forced into doing a documentary but it's it's with the stuff that material that we have it's impossible not to pursue it
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, think, I think i i understand there's so much and you got to do something yeah. with it right yes um i have to exactly. ask you know we saw lots of um uh, you know from time to time from major media organizations that were covering uh the thing live hits and all that uh you know some members of the convoy harassing the media did you guys see that kind of as a documentary crew or did you get treated differently or did you kind of have your kind of yeah you had you got treated differently we we definitely
3: got treated differently yeah no we both um and and part of it was i mean it was a little bit of a double-edged sword um we got treated differently because we were uh, an independent media outfit. So we were allowed access to a lot more areas where the mainstream media was not. Mm -hmm. Um, We did see mainstream media being actively uh, either turned away or um, uh, uh, yeah, there, I mean, there was, it's a lot of COVID anxiety, right? There's Mm -hmm. everybody has high emotions, uh, on uh, all sides of the argument, and it, it tends to to bring out some some of that anxiety and some of that fatigue from the last two years can bring out the worst in people, and and yeah, so there there was some there was some animosity towards mainstream media for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and that that also affected coverage too of mainstream media not having as free access as some of the independent media had, mm-hmm. um, they maybe weren't able to see some of the inner workings. But on the flip side, from what I was seeing down, downtown and what mainstream media had access to versus what we had access to in the grand scheme of right in front of uh, par- the parliament buildings, the reports that were coming out were vastly different.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you look at any independent uh, that was, or even the live streams and what you were seeing from individuals and from, from independent media, w- was a completely different story than what you were seeing on, on some of the mainstream medias. And I, and I'm talking both left and right. They -hmm. they were there, there was extremes on both sides that they were trying to portray Mm -hmm. and it was a very eye opening experience. I I would say for, for myself, um, I I knew some media had a a bit of a bias kind of thing. You, you kind of take everything with a little bit of grain of salt. And, uh, uh, my experience was sending footage to, uh, main, uh, mainstream media outlets and then watching them use it in their news coverage when there was a story from Fort St. John mm-hmm. and watching the clips they specifically picked or a, a portion of the interview and I'm you kind of wonder like well that's not exactly the point they were getting at but how they used it portrayed a different message mm-hmm. and so I was seeing that firsthand pretty prevalent and it, it was uh, it was a very humbling and eye-opening experience mm-hmm. to say the least yeah.
4: Well, we've only got about a minute left, Ben, so I want to make sure we get to this, of course, the documentary moving forward. What's next for that? Um, I think you guys are kind of looking for some financial help with it, if, I, if I'm if i correct.
3: For sure. I mean, it, we, we've been self-funding uh, uh, at the very beginning for the yeah. most part, and the, the, the amount of support just started flooding in. It was a little bit overwhelming, very humbling, but... Um, we're from a small town up in Fort Wayne John and to have, there's people from, from England that were watching our, were watching our coverage and sending, uh, sending support our way. And it was uh, phenomenal to see people wanting to, uh, see an unbiased coverage and, and just like craving that information that isn't filtered through. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone is going to have a, a, a bias at one more, uh, at, um, Uh, with their with their viewpoints I mean that's what makes us a nation and and diversified in our decisions and diversified in our viewpoints Mm -hmm. it's uh, so it's hard to keep that out of film and leave it as an observational piece um, but yes, uh, we are uh, heading back on the road today, actually at noon, and we're going to be traveling across Calgary, Winnipeg, uh, Quebec, uh, Ottawa, Toronto. Uh, we're going to be uh, gone for about three months, grabbing additional interviews, those that are, are heavily for the convoy, those are that are opposed, and kind of grab the, I don't want to say fallout, but like that that post kind of, protest uh, results, uh, Mm -hmm. feelings, um, has this improved, has this, uh, you know, made things worse, Um, just kind of getting that, that uh, now that the protests in Ottawa downtown have been severely uh, adjusted to what they were, uh, what does that look like now for the rest of, uh, for the rest of everybody that was involved? So that's, at this point, that's, uh, that's kind of where we're going from here is we're going to do our post interviews. and. Uh, travel for the next three months gathering uh, other people's perspectives and, and views and whatnot, and then be piecing that into a documentary that we're hopefully going to be releasing around October of this year.
4: Wow, okay, so you've got a lot of work to do left still and uh, hopefully... Oh gosh, hopefully. A,
3: a tremendous amount.
4: <laughs> and hoping for October... If all, people want
3: to... Go ahead, Sure, man. if people want to... Uh, If people want to learn more about the documentary that we're making, they can visit our website, www.eaglevisionvideo.ca, slash unacceptable doc, or uh, follow us along on our Facebook page or YouTube.
4: Absolutely. Well, Ben, I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today, and we uh, look forward to seeing the results of uh, all this film and footage you got in the documentary premiering in October. Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben. Thanks so much for doing this. All right. Take care. All right. That's Ben Hobb with Eagle Vision Video Productions. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Moose Talks right after
0: this. If you're listening to this, you're missing out. Come see what all the fuss is about. Moose FM is live on location.
2: Tgif! The weekend is coming very soon. So let's celebrate and also celebrate that. It's the first anniversary for the co-op here on 100th. My name is Bernard. That's where I'm at right now. You got to be here. 99 cent air fresheners with the purchase of any car wash. Also, ice cream cones and much, much more. Plus, it's free coffee Friday. So enjoy either a cup of tea or coffee on the co-op plus there's a draw for for today including three car washes uh, for a year five car washes and also five hundred dollar gift cards to the co-op especially with gas being so expensive these days yeah that would come in handy so celebrate with them it's the first anniversary of the co-op on 100th make sure you come down here
0: Maybe you're into scales, sticky feet, and sticky tongues. And hey, that's cool. At Friendly Pets, they are too. And they'd love to help you find your reptile friends. Bearded dragons, leopard geckos, crest geckos, turtles, tortoises, and an assortment of different frog species. Friendly Pets have all kinds of adorable little reptiles and all the supplies needed to properly care for them. Plus, the experts at Friendly Pets can answer all your questions. Friendly Pets, where best friends are made. On 99th Avenue in Fort St. John and at Friendlypets.ca.
1: Hi, this is Dan Holtman, General
4: Manager at Murray GM. Buying a new vehicle can be challenging and frustrating in today's market. Some advanced planning can help you get the vehicle you want and save you time and money. At Murray GM, our trained sales professionals will help you factory order and customize the vehicle of your choice. Factory ordering a vehicle is a way to get the exact options you want without having to pay for all the options you don't want. Save time and money and place your factory order today at MurrayGMC.com. What's all this stuff?
1: Oh, I'm just making a pile to be recycled at FSJ Return It.
4: I'm pretty sure they don't take all this.
1: Sure they do. They accept small appliances, cell phones, computers, printers, power tools, even gaming systems.
4: Nope, not happening.
1: Come on! It's 30 years old, you barely play it, and you have to bang on it for it to even
2: work.
0: What's your point?
2: FSJ Return It recycles a lot more than you think. Open six days a week on 93rd Avenue. For the full list, visit their Facebook page at FSJ Return It
5: personal, powerful conversations that deserve to be listened
0: to. Before the Peace is a new podcast now available on all major platforms that highlights Indigenous voices in the North Peace of British Columbia. Before the Peace takes you on a journey through
5: missing and murdered Indigenous women, intergenerational trauma, identity, the first settlers before the peace, and more. Thank you to Steve and the crew at Troyer Ventures for funding such an important
0: project. Subscribe today at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM.
4: Our thanks to our guests today, Dan Davies and Ben Hobb. To see this show again, check out the Moose FM or EnergeticCity.ca Facebook page. The is live now. It'll be available shortly for you to watch again. If you'd like to hear the podcast version of this, you can check it out along with episodes of our other podcasts, Voices of the Peace and Beyond the Peace, right now at EnergeticCity.ca/slash.
0: Podcast. Well, that's the show for this week. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic Country, 100.1 Moose FM.
3: white 350 farmer four
5: gotta pump the throttle gotta slam the door pulls right but it'll pull anything sounds good but man it drinks gasoline cherry mark on the seat from a camel crush and that pregame game burnt cd's still stuck there's plenty of shined up